edition of the First and Orange Broncos podcast. I'm Kyle Fredrickson, joined by Ryan O'Halloran. We're your Broncos coverage team for the Denver Post. We're recording today's episode on Monday afternoon, and the big news for the Broncos, as expected, really, Ryan, Vance Joseph out after two seasons, uh, 11-21 and 21, uh, with the reigns of the Broncos, uh, back-to-back uh, losing seasons for the first time since the late 70s. Got to go even further back for the first time with double-digit defeats in consecutive years. Ryan, uh, just gut reaction. This was a day we expected, but now that it's here, uh, just what do you make of it? Well, it's necessary. Uh, you know, we've been uh, writing about this in the paper. I think we've been the lone wolves on this, saying it's not right guy for the job. You know, he may be... Um, better after he gets some more experience Vance Joseph I'm talking about and um, you know the Broncos you know they knew what their decision was going to be John Elway Joe Ellis etc and they didn't waste any time I mean the uh, the uh, confirmation came my way about 735 this morning I was already here at the facility and uh, you know when I was opining about it when Mark Kizzle was really opining about it over the last couple months they didn't get any pushback and usually when you make a you make analysis and statements like that and you're off base you're going to hear about it and so we saw this coming regardless of Sunday's result against the Chargers I think John Elway would have done the same thing but ultimately I think this decision uh, the ball got rolling after a three and six start and really got going after a no-show first half against the Niners and we got an opportunity to chat with players on locker clean out day today and as well as you referenced uh, got to hear from John Elway and Joe Ellis in a press conference setting uh, interesting to hear some of this reaction Ryan some of it you see it coming right these players talk talking about how much they appreciated Vance, um, how much this loss uh, or the loss of uh, so many games this year wasn't all on him. This was a team decimated by injuries, playing with a first-year starting quarterback. Uh, But the same token, as you mentioned, something that was even expected among them. I mean, what did you make uh, about the the players' reaction and uh, especially the Brass's reaction with Elway and what Ellis had to say? Let's start with players. I wasn't going to pay attention to anybody on Sunday night who says he should stay, he deserves to stay. It's not up to the players. They dug themselves into this mess and ultimately cost Vance Joseph their job. Guys I talked to after the game and today, it's a, were a matter of fact, saying, hey, as Zach Kerr said, this is a what-have-you-done-for-me-lately business, and if the lately hasn't been successful, this happens. That's the perfect way to sum them up. This organization is not used to losing seasons. Granted, it's not a top-tier roster, not even close, but... I said it mid-season. John Elway's decision is, is Vance Joseph the guy to get you to 500? Probably. Is he the guy to get you to 10 and 6 and, a, and better? They, they decided ultimately not. So at 6 and 6, I still thought there were, he was you know, uh, in doubt if they finished poorly, which they did. They lost four straight. Moving on to Elway and Ellis. Um, a lot of words. Got to pick through it see where the substance is. John Elway said, hey, I got to look in the mirror. Okay, that's great. But my antenna went up on two things. First with Elway, Gary Kubiak. What's his future at this organization? It's not his head coach. But it's part of this process when they search for a head coach. Are they saying, hey, if you take this job, Gary Gary Kubiak's offensive coordinator, that is a big deal um, because that's not going to be for everybody. That may be for a def- that may that may mean the Broncos are leaning toward a defensive head coach. With Ellis, two things. I, I said one, but we're gonna go with two. 
first part, Brittany Bolin. I asked him about her. She's expressed her interest to replace her father as the controlling owner. Joel says there's going to be a role for her. Wouldn't put a timetable on it. I think it needs to happen quickly. As Mark Kisler tweeted, he thinks it's going to happen in 2019. I totally agree. I think the sooner the better they start to get this transition going and to show people in this fan base and around the league, you have a plan. This is not a trust that will be uh, running the team in perpetuity. Second thing on Alice is he wants John Elway to meet with these candidates one-on-one. Last time, in, a lot of, in the ways a lot of teams do these searches, candidates at the head of the table and you have four, five, six people in there. I can I, I can see how that can be counterproductive. He says he wants Elway to meet one-on-one with each of these candidates, kick everybody else out of the room. That's a sign to me that they felt they missed something with Vance. Um, some of the personality clicks, or, you know, they click personality. Maybe they regret not doing that. They maybe would have discovered something to go a different direction. So, you know, uh, we'll have a lot of coverage on Elway and Ellis's comments, but those are just my knee-jerk reactions. How about you? Yeah, for me, when looking at comments between players, Ellis, uh, Elway, the thing that I might have found the most interesting is what Chris Harris had to say. He was really matter-of-fact about kind of what he would like to see happen for the next coach. He says he wants a veteran coach, a guy who doesn't have to have a learning curve, because as much as a lot of these players respected Vance Joseph, they saw that this was a guy who had to kind of blend into his role a little bit. So, Ryan, as we move ahead and they, we look at some of the candidates who the Broncos are going to be looking at, we'll spend a lot of time uh, writing about it, podcasting about it, everything you can think of. But let's just kind of set the baseline right now. As, as you reported earlier, uh, there's two candidates that the Broncos have reached out to with interview requests, uh, being the linebackers coach, Brian Flores, and the Steelers offensive line coach, Mike Munchak. Uh, Munchak fits that role as the veteran coach a little bit better, being that he's 58 years old. He was the head coach of the Titans uh, from 2011 to 13. Uh, Flores is a guy who's younger. He's a first-time defensive play caller. Maybe not what Chris Harris was talking about, but let's start with those two guys and then just give me a couple more names, Ryan. Guys that we'll be writing about and that we'll be talking talking about and shoot by the time this podcast is up maybe they're they're hired by another team yeah um start with flores you know uh, he's going to get a lot of interviews because he's a patriots assistant and he's available this week during their buy usually bill belichick uh creates time on friday and saturday for those candidates to be interviewed you know play caller for the patriots just one year uh, he would fulfill the rooney rule requirement that is a requirement that is a rule um, and also, if, if, if you're John Elway, you want to you get Flores' read on what your defense looks like. And that is a lot of this interview. Even if, even if you don't think a guy is the number one candidate, you, wanna, you want to get, a, get an opinion from outside about how bad your team is, or maybe this guy's better than we think. So Munchak is interesting. He's been a head coach with Tennessee. He is a contemporary of John Elway. He's a Hall of Fame player. Don't discount that. So they probably have known each other for 30 years or more at Pro Bowls, Hall of Fame functions, etc. That doesn't mean they're buddies, but you know, Munchak would would let's say they pursue him. I think that lines up with Gary Kubiak being the play caller. Um, and you look at you know Munchak, it would probably be a whole new defensive staff. So keep an eye on that. And then also what's at Vic Fangio, they have requested permission to talk to the Bears defensive coordinator. They can't do that this week because the Bears are playing. So I think they're just doing their due diligence, their paperwork on Fangio. I want to hear what they think of Vic because can he be a Bruce Arians of the defense where he was a lifelong assistant in the NFL, never got a shot, interviewed a ton of places, 
and then gets a chance and is ready to go and is prepared. Fangio would also bring Kubiak into play because Vic's a defensive guy. So um, if I'm a Bronco fan, I'm, I'm uh, encouraged by this list, but also realize that there's seven other openings. There has to be a sense of urgency because the longer you wait to hire a guy, the longer it takes to fill out a staff and maybe some of those guys as first stringers are taken. I'll just give you one quick little deal. We're on tangent mode now. <laughs> is the defensive assistant I know in this league had a good year last year and his agent said, hey, to be prepared, maybe interview for head coaching jobs, you got to have a two-deep depth chart for every position coach in every coordinator spot. So that's what the Broncos are probably looking at from these guys. These guys, these candidates should come to John Elway and say, hey, these are my choices. These are the guys that are not under contract. I'd like to take them with me. So uh, the staff is going to be critical in terms of who this person retains and also who they bring in. Fascinating insight. As always, Ryan, going to be crazy to see how this thing plays out. Uh, looking at the field, uh, you know, like I said, we'll be talking about these guys uh, ad nauseum as we go on here. But John Harbaugh has got to be the maybe the best of the group, but whether his availability is there or not is the question. The Ravens say they're bringing him back next year. That contract not yet signed. A whole bunch of coordinators, Freddie Kitchen, Jim Bob Cooter, you mentioned Fangio, Chris Richard, uh, you know, a whole bunch of guys, Ryan. It's, it's going to be kind of crazy to see how the dominoes fall. Yeah, I think Harbaugh's a long shot. John Harbaugh, the Ravens coach, because this is a rebuilding team. They need those draft picks. They need bodies to supplement this roster. And doing that would probably be too high of a price. Um, so I, I, I think, you know, he's a real long shot. My pick is Ken Wisenhunt. I think he'll emerge if the Chargers lose. I probably wrong but you know i've taken a poll of media members here and the choices are all over the map you've gone with fangio uh so it's you know i think it if i had to lay a couple shekels down it'd be a coordinator who has previous head coaching experience or a guy like munchak who is a position coach but has previous head coaching experience no doubt ryan we appreciate um all of the analysis there on that note we'll sign off for the first and orange podcast we appreciate you guys listening on Black Monday, so many coaches getting fired, a lot of movement in the NFL. Uh, be sure to stick with DenverPost.com for all of our content as the Broncos coaching search goes underway. Subscribe to the First and Orange podcast, uh, and also subscribe to the Post. Uh, get that print version uh, delivered to your day, uh, your front st- uh, doorstep, and also get all of our online content uh, for just a, what would cost you a couple trips to Starbucks uh, in a week. So uh, we appreciate you guys listening, and we will catch you next time.